Does anyone record things on tape anymore? Seems cool, vintage throwback. If I could rewind that way, I would. I'm your host, Mike Zago. Welcome back to The Link Podcast. I did just record about a half hour of content, and then I... 86'd it. Is that just a pun because it's episode 86? Am I crazy enough to do that and then just delete it and do this episode instead? I mean, you might never know. I did just realize that crickets sound like frogs who haven't gone through puberty yet. So you can think about that. For this episode, I do have COVID. It's been a bummer. I was supposed to have a guest over this week. We had to move it back to next week. I don't know what the rules are anymore. The schedule's messed up. There are guest episodes coming. You've also already seen the episode title by now. You get it. Clips. I always wanted to have a clip episode. Because when you're watching TV and a clip episode comes on, do shows still do that? They don't, I guess. But old shows used to. And at first you're like, ugh, clip episode. And then five minutes into it, it's great. It really does work. You're reliving some of the best parts. So we have a clip from every episode 1 through 85. If you didn't catch any of them, you'll get a little morsel of it here and you can go back. I guess we'll find out next week when I have to talk to another human being in real life if I have gone stir crazy or not. Is stir crazy insensitive to chefs who pour blood, sweat, and tears into keeping thick sauces from being ruined? Yes, chef! Think about that. Enjoy the episode. We'll see you on the other side. I just watched Judas and the Black Messiah. Daniel Kaluuya plays just so loud, in your face, high energy. He just jumps off the page. Whereas Lakeith Stanfield is so much more subtle. He's like quiet. He gets loud sometimes, but you know he's playing like this fake version of himself when he does it. They just like melt right into the story. They're both so good at being different from one another, but matching each other's energy levels somehow. I hope they get Oscar noms for this. I mean, it was, I can't talk enough about how good these performances are. I mean, it was so easy for me to decide like which episode to do first of this podcast, because I'm like, this movie was so unbelievable. I just had to record this right afterwards, just so I could yell into the void about how good they are. Mm. All right, Nomadland. I said it before, but I just have this like romantic notion of the wilderness cowboy nomad lifestyle. For me, it just clicks and they pumped you full of it with those little scenes. I will say, I didn't totally need a scene of her taking a shit. This week we're doing WandaVision. Sometimes she was a villain. Sometimes she was a hero. Sometimes you're like, what is she doing? This isn't okay. And then other times you totally understand because she's going through this horrible thing. And they just took us on a roller coaster. Monica comes back and says, given the chance and given the power, I'd bring my mom back. And that to me felt like she was playing the audience in that moment, explaining exactly how Marvel was able to make Wanda both the villain and the hero simultaneously, even in the same scenes, make her sympathetic despite her power, which is hard to do for some of these ultra powered heroes. And then she has all the humanized grief, which you can sympathize with. She was all of it at the same time. And they're basically showing us 
that the lines between hero and villain are being blurred more and more as we move along. It's all about perspective. It's all relative. I love stories like that with a ton of different perspectives and you being able to see and choose which side you think is right or both. Mm. I don't know how you feel about horror movies. I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of horror movies. But I, the ones now I look at and I really roll my eyes. It's just a CGI jump scare every 30 seconds. And I'm like, yeah. I don't care if the doll came to... I don't care. It needed the mental aspect of something weird is going on. I'm not just seeing a scary yeah. looking ghost yeah. woman. Practical effects are a huge thing. If it's too much CGI, it takes you out of it because you're not afraid from it. Because like, no. like, this is the fakest thing ever. Correct. That's why Blair Witch was cool when yeah. it came out. There's nothing... Like the original thing that just used this like practical effects to like creep you the fuck right. even the first Ghostbusters which is yes. a scary movie those dogs when I was a kid and saw that and they came out those things scared the shit out of me I thought the second one too yeah. with the weird guy painting yeah. totally like, practical effects like go such a long way also Aquaman has no respect for shirts he just rips them off and throws them into the ocean the score in this one seemed light years better to me oh. Where I really noticed it was uh, that Aquaman scene where he turns Bruce down. The scene you're talking about where he smashes the whiskey bottle. That was Icky Thump by the White Stripes in the first one, which I thought worked really well. And then in this one, they totally, totally flipped it around. It was like a soft piano kind of thing about being the king or something. And I looked up who it was because I didn't know that song. And it was by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds who do the theme song for Peaky Blinders, if you watch yeah. that show, which is the coolest song, the Red Right Hand song. <laughs> And I was like, uh, from that moment, I was like, Snyder really knows what he's doing. Peaches was another really cool song. I think it'll be on the radio, probably very trendy and cool. Some of my favorite songs ever by him. There was a lot of like funk to it. There were like weekend vibes. Hold On was a really good song, too. On certain tracks, it feels like he totally fits in and he's inspired and the music's playing and he's in the studio and you can see it all coming together perfectly. And on other tracks, it feels like they got this beat via email from some guy who's probably super popular and expensive. And then they copied and pasted Bieber's vocals onto it. And it just, it feels a little disjointed. So not every track is perfect, but some really good jams. And if I'm going back to Bieber songs days later, you know it's better than I expected it to be for sure. Between you and I, Johnny doesn't get a lot of work these days. It's tough out there. And uh, he's working hard. He's a good kid. And he's been begging me to let him try this new accent on the podcast. Uh, he keeps talking about it. I can't... I don't know. I'm just gonna... You guys are gonna have to deal with it. Alright? So, yeah, Johnny, you wanna do the thing? Yeah. Alright. Sit down. Great. Okay. Alright! I, uh, I'm from Cross the Pond. My name's Jonathan. I just wanted to tell you guys that uh, Mike and Ronnie went deep into contract working and freelance and the differences between them and the freedoms and the securities that come with each one. But we thought we could cut that part because it was kind of boring. So then they get into some film stuff and some philosophy. That's, that's cool. That's that's cool. So, uh, let's do it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Bet you didn't have Welcome Back Cotter theme song on your Link Podcast bingo card, but mark it off. Oh, man. I'm hungry. What we got in here? Oh, eggs. Had that yesterday. Oh. It was tuna for breakfast. 
It's always the same stuff. Ah, when's there gonna be something different? Come in. Did you say something different? Oh my God, is that the chef? Come on down to Chef's Waffle Palace. Did he say Chef's Waffle Palace? We have all the waffles you can possibly want, all the toppings, it's so delicious, I cannot tell you. You walk over the drawbridge, you come on in, and you are royalty at Chef's Waffle Palace. I've never been royalty. You'll be royalty. And for $5.99, you can get unlimited waffles and toppings on every single Sunday. Did he say $5.99? $5.99. Come on down, give promo code the Link Podcast for 10% off all orders. Loud in the keys! Russell Crowe is going to be Zeus mm-hmm. in Thor Love and Thunder. Crazy. Oh, man. And that makes me wonder, is Hercules coming? I guess so. I I guess. I I, I would think so. Why would you have Zeus if you're not going to bring Hercules Sheesh. in? It's going to get know, crazy. My, my mind automatically goes to, okay, we'll get a Hercules post-credit scene, right? Like this, this yeah. is, it's, everything's a building block. You just have to view it as, as a building block. And that's where my mind goes. Um, I'm pro like Russell Crowe playing Zeus. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, and, uh, and and Love and Thunder is is going to be ridiculous. I mean, Ooh, there's set photos out there showing Natalie Portman just absolutely jacked. So Yoked. I it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Shout out for all the Star Wars fans out there. Ray Park, who plays Darth Maul in the movie and is the voice of him in Clone Wars and stuff. He debuted in film in this movie, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the second one. He was just a stunt guy. Oh, okay, just just like one of those, like... He was Raiden's fight double and played a couple of other people, too. Okay. But, yeah, kind of cool, because he's great. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, incredible. Yeah. (laughs) What he does is... Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, with film, like, with real, with, like, live-action stuff, there's lots of room for compromise and lots of things. A lot lot more things can go wrong, I think. Because it's a miracle any time any any film gets made, I think. Right. Yeah, totally. Like with with animation, like it's a lot. I think I think animation is a lot not easier, but if you can do it, it's a lot easier. And, and if you know what's in your in your head. But that also comes with this thing that's like, well, it better be perfect because I can make it perfect. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. With, with like live action stuff, if you got if you got like a mistake, some like a, a line reading, and there's no other takes that someone else, it's like, well, that's the take. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the take we're going with. You run out of money or time or anything. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is tough. It is interesting yeah. how you don't think of them as totally different things. You're watching HBO, and an animated HBO show comes on, and then another show comes on, and you're like, it's the same, but it's not at all. It's a totally right. different world. Yeah, you know, that that moment where you say you say riff and or you like expand on a joke that you didn't prepare for and the line works, it's like, oh God, it's one of the best feelings. You're like, I'm a fucking genius. This because this, it came from your brain. No one talks no... to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you that's didn't even be... prepare. That's Mark a Maron has this great in uh Thinky Pain, Mark yeah. Maron's got this great bit about uh when he comes out, he's like, Oh, you guys did you didn't want me to prepare. What do you want to talk about? Okay, whatever. And he goes into this bit about, no, see, here's the thing. If I prepare and do bad, I feel bad. But if I don't prepare and kill it, I'm a fucking genius. True. And if I don't prepare and do bad, then I didn't prepare. It's fine. Like Totally. Exactly. That's how I would feel about it. Easy for me to say. But (laughs) I think it's all a building block. The thing that's great about comedy is you're always just trying to sharpen it up and get better. There's no end 
to it. Back in high school, like manga and anime was basically what I lived as far as cartoons went. So mm-hmm. that's what I drew a lot. That's just what inspired me mostly. So I'm like, I'm going to stick with this. If it means formatting the book in the right way, you know, the right to left reading. You know, I'm just going to stick with that style exactly. I don't want to say I don't care about this world because that sounds silly, but the rules to me don't matter that much. You kind of just do whatever you want to do. But you decided to follow the right to left thing because it pays homage to what the manga actually is supposed to be, which I think is cool. Do you think there would be people that are offended if you drew it in their style but did it left to right? I think there would be. Yeah? Definitely. Um, I've definitely had some people tell me that I'm appropriating their culture by writing manga, but I'm like, I'm trying to do this as respectfully as possible. I learned Japanese 10 years ago. Really? College. I took two years of it in college, so like I, I respect that culture, and I'm trying to do right by it. <laughs> it's so crazy to me that someone would say, you're, you're going out of your way to write manga. Yeah, right. Are you seriously thinking that I am doing anything in a negative way? The first album, Please Please Me, was done in 12 hours. The entire album was recorded in 12 hours. Recorded, yeah. That's it was ridiculous. From beginning, it was basically most of their stage act. So they knew the material they did inside a, they out. They almost kind of just did a concert and recorded it. If you listen to the last song on a Please Please Me album, which is Twist and Shout, yeah. you can hear John's throat ripped to shreds. Because they did the whole thing in one day. Yes. He could barely get it out. And that's what created that excitement. Right, screaming. That yeah. screaming. That's so funny. Like that- he couldn't do it in concert as well. Yeah, the song wouldn't be what it is without that you have to wonder what it would have sounded like i wonder if you hear them do it live obviously you can't now but back in the day if they did that song early in a set it wouldn't sound the same as on the album probably not yeah Yeah. which is funny yeah and Uh, they did it live and they did it well oh of course i'm sure he can emulate it but it's just a funny thing i'll have to go back and listen to it now that you say that this year we won the grammy for mr rogers you know, the funny thing is you listen to the music and it's really complex when you you think it's really simple. Right. But it really was a live jazz trio playing on the set with him and he played piano. And that's the beauty of it. I think they were is, real musicians yeah. playing Johnny Costa and all those guys were real jazz players. And he didn't chintz out. He didn't make it cheap. He didn't, you know, cheese on the kids. He actually gave them real music. In a, in a form that they could, uh, yeah. you know, sing along with. I think it's even harder to do that, mm-hmm. to make something so complicated, so simple. And half the reason we think it's simple is just because it was a kid's show. Yeah. It's not actually because the music was simple. Right. It's just the message that he portrayed was so, like, wholesome and clear. Right. That you think of the music that way, too. Right. Which is cool. It adds to all of it. I literally just finished the series finale of Pose. And I've been binging it over the last, I don't know, two weeks. It only didn't take me that long to get through three seasons of TV. They removed two big names from the show because they wanted it to feel more like the story they wanted to tell and weren't as worried about, hey, how are we going to get people to watch this? Are there enough big names to put it on network and on a good slot? All that shit faded away. And credit to Ryan Murphy and FX and everyone who worked on this for understanding that the popularity portion of it is not necessarily the most important thing. It needs to be its own entity. You need to tell the story for what it's supposed to be. And I realize I'm being vague when I'm saying all this because I don't want to give it away and I want you just to watch the show. So just trust me and give it a shot. But it's such an emotionally driven show. It's all about finding your own voice and being comfortable in your own skin and being able to trust family and choosing your own family and your crew that you roll with that believes in you 
even when other people don't. There's a couple of different things that you can do. Do you go to open scoring? I mean, the state of Kansas decided that that was the way they were going to move. Maybe we can attract some more promotions. Yeah. Obviously, in a pandemic setting, it didn't really work out all that well for them other than Invicta and a few other smaller promotions. But it's a neat idea in theory. And the way that it would work, you know, if I'm a fighter and I know that I'm down two rounds to none in the third, I have to pour it on yes. and leave no doubts or I have to get a finish but and I know exactly but where I stand. That is an idea. And it works in some ways and it doesn't work in others because the thing I think of immediately, the way the world is right now in this social media era, all that's going to happen is refs are just going to get torn apart. I don't see what yeah. else would really change because the fighter that's down 2-0, they know they're down 2-0 unless their corner is saying some crazy stuff, which does happen where like Marvin Vittori thinks he's winning the fight and you're like, what are you watching? But I'm trying to think outside the box, right? Because this just isn't the same sport that boxing is. Everyone must have their own style and technique when it comes to visual effects too. No different yeah. than drawing or filmmaking or singing or whatever it is. So how much of that, as you move up the ranks, do you want to share with people? Like, here's a trick that I do that makes things look great. Mm -hmm. But how much of that do you want to like keep to yourself because you feel like it's makes you not better than other people, but like, it's your thing. It gives you an edge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's an excellent question, actually. That's very nice. So kudos to you. But <laughs> we have yet again, another saying is sharing is caring. Yeah. <laughs> I think what makes you move up the ranks a little bit also is your willingness to share and teach everything you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I don't think what makes you different is the technique or the technology or the combination of the nodes you use. I think what makes you different is that your curiosity. I don't know where this day is going, but I'm clearly pretty uh, relieved of all stress. Oh, why is that, Mike? Oh, thank you for asking. It's because of my jasmine essential oils. Now it sounds like I'm cutting ads for these, but I feel like it was a fun thing to look at for a couple days, and now I'm too far in to turn around, so we're just going to continue it for the whole episode. But yeah, jasmine is a natural stress reliever and anxiety reducer. I don't feel anxious, so that's cool. Use this to bring mental clarity. Oh, well, misstep there. There's nothing clear about what's going on in my brain, mostly ever. Jasmine, though, it's good stuff. If anyone doesn't think of the princess from Aladdin, then I just don't think we're uh, compatible, really. There's another alternate intro where I could have done a whole new world. But, you know, it's just too much. Can't do the whole thing. I could. Bonus content? If I did a Patreon, it would probably just end up with me singing Disney songs. Tartlets. Okay. I know, you want to get back to the episode, it's one of the best ones yet, and I agree with you, let's get you back there, but... If you like sports, I have a YouTube channel, Mike the Mush. We took a small break over the summer. There was a lot of content for about a year before that. We're coming back for football season. We're going to post some fantasy stuff every week, some big targets to go for, and most importantly, our best gambling picks for the week. I'll try to do some short videos every week leading into the next week of football. When basketball comes back, I'm sure we'll do a lot of that. There's a lot to talk about, but I've been picking winners, and I need to give them to you. We're leaving cash on the table, people. It's football Sunday and Football Thursday, and Football Monday. And I mean, it's going to be every day eventually, right? So we got to keep up somehow. If you like the nonsense on the link, I make about 10% more sense on Mike the Mush, but I'll tell you what we make a lot more of, and that's dollars. Did that make sense? I don't know. Run it anyway. 
Picks have been hot all year. Mike the Mush on YouTube. Subscribe, hit the like, do the thing, share it, tell your friends, tell your mom. We'll see you there. Let's go back to the original question. You said there was a food scarcity issue? Scarcity? Scarcity is what the word? What? You know, you you said there was a food, uh, a resource (laughs) limitation. I don't scarcity. know. That's when but Scar scarcity. the Lion takes over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> scarcity. Scarcity, right? So if you have a scarcity, wouldn't you rather give people a slice that fills them up rather than the four slices that you say Absolutely you not. <laughs> I need to ring in here. This is ridiculous. If there's a scarcity where Scar the Lion takes over <laughs> and everyone's struggling word. to eat. Sure. <laughs> you, you want the basic slice. You, you don't want to. You don't need all these ingredients to make a pizza. It's, again, it's just dough, cheese, sauce. Like so, I, I don't. If you have a scarcity, you're not throwing buffalo chicken on there. Save the buffalo chicken for the other. What if you need some protein? You got peps. That's why you got the pepper. You gotta have dude. a balanced diet. The song that he sung when he was like drunk in the train car. Sure. That part was awesome, and I saw that he's on the billboard charts yeah man yeah incredible crazy yeah that's cool and fun fact about him which i didn't know until now he did an entire country album of covers of hank williams it's on youtube you got to check it out he can wow and fun fact for the link listeners hank williams is on omnivore recordings who my uncle dutch is a co-founder of that label and we did an episode episode 16 with my uncle dutch talking about the label so you got to go listen to all of it fun facts it all ties together wow i love it i love to hear that that's insane you just blew my mind and uh like hedgehogs represent hedge funds Uh, uh, yes Uh, (laughs) yeah i went to myself why did he choose hedgehogs and then I said, wow, I would have sat there for like five hours trying to pick what animal to use just because it seems fun. And they were drawn cool and it just looked cute. Yeah, thank the you. Hedgehog yeah. with the bow tie and stuff. It was like, it was funny to me. And only just now did it click. And I feel like a moron for not realizing hedge funds. No, no, I'm pretty dumb. So hedgehog, <laughs> hedge funds. It just, no, it's, it's good. Same. It's yeah. good. It slid far enough under the radar for me, at least. And then like uh, Tendi's, um, there's a Tendi's kiosk on the moon. Right. Which represent profits. Uh, diamond gloves mean diamond hands, which mean you don't sell. Right. Compared right. to you, paper you hands, which you sell. In all the good yeah, yeah, yeah. jargon, you know? Yeah. That's what I like about it. Like the kids don't need to know that for it to be fun for them. Sad news. In 1999, Rosa Parks herself filed a lawsuit against Outcast for the song, claiming the song used her name without her permission, false advertising, etc., etc., defamation of character, which I find a little silly, but what are you going to do? Lawsuit was dismissed. Outcast did a cool person thing to do. Settled later on in 2005, agreeing to create educational programs to enlighten today's youth about the significant role Rosa Parks played in making America a better place for all races, quote unquote. How cool is that? They didn't have to. They won the suit. The song was awesome. They were huge and decided to give back and do the right thing. Rosa Parks and Outkast linked at the hip forever. Might not have liked each other too much, but it all worked out. And it all had a great impact on the world and hip hop. And what an album. What a time. Right. It's almost the same experience of being at like a big festival, like a really big one, where you have thousands of people just outside. It's 3 a.m. The last act is on and everyone's feeling the exact same way. And yes. that's super rare. You don't get that when you're just listening to a new album that just came out. It's great. Nope. It's a good experience, but you don't have that sense of community. 
And when that happens, this sounds preachy now, but whatever, who cares? All the bullshit just kind of fades away. There's no like BS in your chat. Everyone's just having no. a good time asking about new facts about this song or whatever. Yep. I've never heard this before. This sounds amazing. It's just, it gives me that festival vibe, which I wish I could do every week. It's just not feasible. Right. And so nothing I've ever done other than be a part of that has given me that feeling. So I just have no doubt that it's going to go like in the right direction. At some point, something's no, going to break where someone's going to realize what they have on their hands here. The fucking crowd is going fucking crazy. And the Riz was like, yo, man, when the crowd goes crazy, I want you to jump to the pit and just go nuts. And I was like, done. <laughs> so I jump into the pit and I'm fucking slamming around. And suddenly I like smash into what I think is this wall. And then suddenly one hand from the wall goes into my belt loop and the other hand goes around my neck and the wall proceeds to lift me up over its head like nine feet in the air and throw me into the crowd, fucking my back up to this day. Oh, and man. when I went to the fucking dressing room and I got ice packs on my back and Shaq walks in and is like, holy shit, dude, I didn't realize it was you. I'm so fucking sorry. But when you banged into me, I was like, fuck this motherfucker, disrespectful. Are you talking about and it Shaq, was, Shaq? And it was Shaq Diesel who had like- Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. This is, so, this is, my mind is fucking, <laughs> dude, you don't even know. Shaq is my favorite. I love basketball more than anything. Shaq <laughs> well, is yeah. my favorite athlete. If everyone around me was co-signing to my thoughts or the way I looked, is that really where I want to be? Do I want everyone to like me? Because what does that say about where I level with everyone else? Because do I, it's not that I don't like everyone, but do I, do I want to be like everyone? Do I, mm. I don't know. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of gift in being different and having people not like your shit. Cause I'm telling you, you want to be liked by all the world. Do you like all of the world? I don't know. No. You know I what like I mean? And it's not like liking very like, small amount of the world, to be honest. And it's not liking or like respecting, but it's just like there's a oh, reason all of America relates to the rock. It's very plain. It's I'm macho. I'm this, I'm a nice guy. To be it's fair, the rock is great. We can all smell yeah. what he's cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone he's probably the most well-liked person yeah. in America. He is. But I think it's uh finding the beauty in not being liked like the rock. I think Good point. it's I think now I'm finally getting to that that point where I'm like oh, you know what? Not everyone likes me. It's probably really good. It's three in the morning and I had stuff to do in the morning. Everyone has stuff to do in the morning. So I'm like, man, like, all right. So he calls me and he's like, yo, Wiz is about to send you the song that he wants you on for this mixtape. And I was like, dope. First thing in the morning, I'm on it. And he was right. like, nah, like we, he's trying now? to put it out. He's trying to put it out like within the <laughs> next like day or two. So like, we need you Holy on that shit. now. Cause we're trying to hear it. We're in the studio. Like, you know what I mean? We're trying to hear it. And I was just like, Oh man. All right. So I was like, all right, I got you. I got you. And I hung up, I packed up all my like uh, studio gear and my sacks and my mic and everything. And went into my car and drove to my church, which is like maybe like 10 minutes away. Cause I'm like a music minister at my church. So like I got the key and everything. So I Ooh. went to my church, set up all my studio gear and then just recorded the features, sent it what? back. Got done at That's like the coolest story. <laughs> yeah, got done at like five, five thirty or something like that. Came back home, went to sleep, and then like literally like two days. And then I did one more feature that next day on guitar. And then like literally like that next day, the whole mixtape was out. For what it's worth, for the ones I didn't read, most of these are in a similar tier from 
400 million to 600 million except for Endgame, which is just totally ridiculous. It's interesting because that range of 400 to 600 million dollars is is almost mirrors exactly the range that the tennis podcast gets in sponsorship revenue right. every sure. year, right around sure. that. Wow, how's you? How are you doing this year? Are you, hopefully more towards six. Uh, hopefully, yeah. I think we're we're trending upward for sure. Wow, good. Good. Huge. Well, if any of those sponsors want to uh, <laughs> undercut your podcast and charge a lot less, they can come here to the link podcast at the link underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably looking to get like two or 300 million, right? Sure. I mean, hey, look, I'm a modest guy. It's no problem. You know what? I'll even uh-huh. take 190. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're really shooting yourself in the foot here. I know, I know. I'll edit it yeah. out. What more do we have to say? You're welcome. Can we just shout out The Rock? I love The Rock. I really want to meet The Rock. Can we make that happen? I think we should get a statement from The Rock. I love The Rock. First of all, he just won the Disney Madness bracket. Good for him. Yeah. He really pushed them over the edge. The You're Welcome song is really the key to that whole movie whenever i say thank you to tess she literally starts singing the best you're welcome i'm friends with him on instagram i can dm him we both got young kids we have a mutual reach out i will i just want a sound bite i just want to meet him like so much do you think he would come on the podcast he may here's my pitch to the rock i smell what you're cooking (laughs) a b maui has great hair and you don't need it yourself you have it all and we all know that if you tried to grow it out it would look exactly the same as it definitely would Great singing voice. One of the best WWE wrestlers of all time. All time. Incredible. Of our generation. Great title run. And uh, I really just want him on the podcast. Uh, I know. And he would sing for us. You have these flashy YouTube magicians who will set the camera up at the perfect angle so that they can do this thing that looks like shit from anywhere else in the room. But from right there, it looks fucking amazing. And it's two seconds that they've spent a year working on. And you get this two-second miracle that looks yeah. great on camera. Me, you know, and most of my tricks take five or six minutes. So what? Well, well, Instagram's not a place for a five-minute routine. Yeah. What about YouTube? Yeah. It's, a, it, it's just kind of like, eh. Genius. You know, because a lot of it's about the interaction. You know, so every now and then I'll have a trick that's like super mm-hmm. quick and flashy, like, boom, like a flash, boom. But it's not the kind of magic I'm attracted to. I get that. Uh, partly because it's not, it doesn't play live as well. Your big blockbusters aren't making the return on investment anymore. Right. No one's making a billion dollars at the box office for a while. If Maybe ever. Avatar 2. I don't even... But I think again, that's just it dead. all depends on the next year and on how everything goes. Dude, I don't agree. I think that shit is dead. Well, billion dollar movies? Dead. I don't know if it's because of COVID or not, but technology has kicked us so far forward that... No one can catch up in adult life anyway. Yeah. I can't catch up with all the movies. You do an unbelievable job of yeah. watching them all, and I'm jealous, <laughs> and I want to be able to do that. And I do pretty well for the yeah. average bear, but um, uh, I derailed myself <laughs> with the Yogi Bear the joke. Yogi Bear joke. Every time. Every time. But you know movie's not coming back. Yeah, I just think that if I can get three movies that I haven't seen over the past three months and watch them at home, or the one movie that's okay that I kind of want to see in theaters is out, I'm going to choose to just watch the ones at home because I can. We all start laughing so hard. (laughs) Doesn't stop. These two people just stand there staring at us and then there's a pause and the guy just goes, man, you guys are on some fucked up shit. (laughs) And then the gal goes, well, if you guys are fucked up, let me tell you, 
just up the hill, there's a really cool fence that makes us laugh even harder. One of our buddies <laughs> goes, holy just, shit, a fucking just a fence. fence. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, thanks for the tip, lady. And we all start <laughs> laughing. She's like, fuck you. It's a piece of history. That makes us laugh even harder. And then we're just laughing to where no one's paying attention. So then they just walk through and she goes, fuck you guys. Enjoy your trip, you fucking losers. And, we, and then we're just wow. laughing because uh, now she's upset that we don't appreciate her fence tip, you know? Cut to three minutes later, you guys are like, we should go see that fence. And then you're just standing in front of it for three hours. It's the most beautiful fence you've ever seen. It's a life-changing experience. Dude, great call, by the way. It <laughs> has to be that. If we're making the movie, that's what happens. Yeah. It has to be. Very special. He was one of those guys that you kind of meet and then all of a sudden like yeah we're gonna get along like it's almost it was weird because i've met him before on the indies but like once or twice i don't even know if he remembers or would remember when we did meet originally but when we met it was like right off the bat boom it's just like a connection and that's why we were kind of like not only obviously we're in the same group so we're put together on tv but they wanted to do a lot there was going to be a lot of stuff with me and brody together um it was going to be like kind of like a, a Raven and um, Stevie Richards type thing. Oh. Kind of bullying me, but me kind of just loving him anyway. Hilarious. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was the real plan. And we had a lot of cool stuff lined up. We kind of started it a little bit. We didn't really get to obviously do it, but it was just like the connection we had, especially on like BTE. That was one thing that they really were like, oh, we see, obviously, we're watching what you're doing on BTE. We need it on TV because it's too good. I notice it every day when I look at it, that it's just a tiny, tiny bit tilted. It's not perfectly centered. You would probably never notice it if I told you. But then if you come in and look at it, you're like, oh shit, yeah, the right side is a little bit lower than the left. But here's the thing. I look at it, it pisses me off. Does it piss me off enough to pull the TV down, pull the mount off of the wall, and move it a tiny, tiny bit and redo the entire thing? And those holes on huge TV mounts are so big, I don't even know if I could move it a little bit. So I'd need to move where the TV is by at least a couple inches so I don't run into the same holes, then redo it. Then what's the guarantee that I'm even getting it right? Plus, the mount that I have has a level in it. And that shows that it's level, but it's not. So they gave me a shitty level, and now my TV's askew. And what am I supposed to do? I just try to live with it. I feel this way about the podcast, where I don't necessarily have a niche for this podcast, and I've talked about it a million times, so if you're sick of hearing it for the listeners, sorry. But I like it better this way because it's more genuine for me. I found out about you, I was very intrigued, and I wanted to talk to you, so I reached out to do it. And that's kind of the way I operate, whether it's an actor or a writer or anything. It doesn't matter who it is. But that does hurt listenership, I guess, in some ways, because it's not in one avenue necessarily. But what I do find is positive about it, which I think is also positive for you, is that it keeps you ultra passionate. You're only doing the things that you really, truly care about and want to do. And so the product itself, in my head, I don't know if this is true, but I think it's true actually becomes better because your passion will inevitably make you work harder on it and want it to be perfect. Hmm. Putting out basically single after single. We're not going with the album stuff anymore. We're, I noticed uh, that. Kind of, yeah, we're taking it sort of back to like the the old Elvis days and stuff before the, the Beatles made everybody think that they were. Why is that? You know, it, well, it, it's a singles market right now. You don't get any benefit really from putting out an album versus a single and you end up shooting that wad of like eight or 10 songs and then you've got nothing else. Is that me? You mean another album financially? 
It's just not viable uh, because CDs the aren't selling and just mm-hmm. the money doesn't make sense and well, the effort is, to put out an album. Other than nostalgia with like putting out vinyl. vinyl and stuff like that where people are collecting it, right. you know, you don't really get those physical sales. And then even on top of that, you're putting out a product that is essentially free. I mean, it's, it's not quite free, but what the, the DSPs are, are paying right now is by an Apple. It's not that far off from free. It can't be good. So. You know, when you can get a similar press cycle for a single that you can get for an album, there's no incentive to put out eight or 10 songs. When you get a big group of people having a shared experience and laughing together, there is a magic energy in the air that everyone feels. It makes things funnier. It makes things brighter. It makes things more saturated. And so, like, I wonder if the way forward is, like, unfortunately, through, like, VR and like this new Facebook rebrand of the metaverse. Like, I mean, that's the only place people are going to really gather. That's like the next, that's the next gathering, right? I'm open to anything that allows us to have that shared experience easier because the way it is now, I don't know if it's because of COVID or if I don't know what the reason is, but it feels difficult now. And if I can capture that somehow, we're doing this over Zoom. I still have fun. People listen to it and seem to enjoy it. That's true. And we wouldn't be talking to each other if not for this. So I'm okay with any technological advancement that can allow us to have a shared connection in a positive capacity ever. Hmm. Anything creative, I think, is probably worth more than people think it's worth because it's so vulnerable to the person doing it yeah well Do value think- putting value on anything is is so bizarre i was reading this book on like marketing and it was like this woman owned a jewelry shop and she was selling these blue jewels and like they wouldn't sell so she's like oh i'll just sell them for half price so she called her assistant she's like just mark them half off and instead of doing half off they doubled the price and they sold because people saw more value in them so it's like i don't know how you quantify it you know you just try and feel it out i guess did you see this story I have no details on this story, but I remember that it existed. The guy, the guy that uh, he got commissioned for an art museum or something, and he just gave them an empty canvas for like $800,000 or something. I didn't see that. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Which is hilarious because then you get everyone to fight over it, right? Because it's like the camp of people who are like, either that's clever and good for him, whatever. And yeah. there's some subsect of people that are like, well, that's the art, you know? That's the thing that he wanted to create. If you've been listening to the podcast over the past couple of weeks, I have mentioned that I started a second podcast. I have a background in sports. I worked at ESPN for a couple of years. I've worked in sports for a long time, and I've loved it my entire life. And yes, before you ask, I am awesome at basketball. My low post game is unmatched, and you can't do anything about it. I got up and unders for days, but that's not the point. I'm treating it like a live podcast, basically. It's unedited. You can search Mike the Mush on YouTube. I would definitely appreciate... If you go on there, subscribe, follow me. It goes a long way. It has video. I put up some nice Christmas lights behind me. It looks good. It sounds good. It feels good. It's definitely a different animal than this podcast, but I'm having fun with both, and I want to have the audience from both places listen to both podcasts because I'm putting a lot of work into it. Hmm. So it's my turn now. Would you rather have to eat a whole turkey by yourself with pounds of gravy on it or... Bake the turkey uh-huh. and have to put pounds of puke and then eat it all at once. Like, Why would I ever choose that one? <laughs> I don't know. Like pounds of gravy. Pounds of gravy is still better than pounds of puke. But, but you have to have every siding with gravy and the turkey and you'd have to... And I have to eat it all? Yeah. Do I have to... cannot stop. Can I eat less of it if there's puke on it? Like how much do I need to eat if there's puke on it? Um... 
the turkey will be like uh how many pounds oh like 15 okay and you'll have to eat like half of the turkey or a quarter but for the siding you can leave leftovers but not a lot okay so I have to finish most of it, but yeah. less if there's puke on it. Yeah. I, it's still very silly. <laughs> I know. You want to go further back? I will. I'll meet you in 1944 with red slipper Judy Garland herself. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. How do they make songs so good back then and now they do mumble rap? Will there be any classic Christmas songs made now? Is it possible? Has the time passed by? I don't know if I can think any that are super new that can make it. Like, I'm sure a lot of people try to do it. Kelly Clarkson, Megan Trainer. I see a lot of them on there. Lil Nas X did one. I googled it. But are they ever going to have staying power? There's got to be so much saturation now. Back then, there wasn't quite as much. I don't think. I wasn't there. But they were able to stand out more, and they were made better. These just don't seem to have the same oomph. I listened to a few of them. I swear I did. I'm not going to mention them because it's pointless, and no one knows what they are. Carly Rae Jepsen? It's not Christmas till somebody cries? Give me a break. Get out of here with that. I need my old school bangers. But I am curious if we'll ever have anything added to the list that means as much as those songs do now. Oh, I do have a little snippet of information that you may not know. Mm -hmm. So Peter Jackson, <laughs> who produced this thing, did you know that after Magical Mystery Tour, the Beatles commissioned Lord of the Rings to be their next movie? Really? And it never happened. Yep. Wow. What? That's insane. Yep. Yep, it's in the books. Oh my God. That, I mean, imagine what it would have been like. I wonder if he, he must have known that. Oh, sure. He knew that. Yeah. If he's, wow. he's the Beatle fan that he is. Wow. Imagine that version of Lord <laughs> yeah. of the Rings. It ends up so differently. And then you I get mean, this director to do this. There is a production that they did a special, a TV special called Around the Beatles that I have a copy of. And they did Shakespeare in costume. Really? Yeah. That must be amazing. It's silly and stupid. Of course. And so much fun. You mentioned the Grinch. Can we talk about him or is that a sour subject? Well, it's a bit of a sour subject, but I keep working mm. on him. I mean, he's a bit of a, a rascal. Yeah. He, I think we're, we're gradually turning the tide. His heart is growing a little bigger, although it shrinks every now and then. For, for Santa, he's a bit of an entertaining character. You see him in one way. Uh, over in private, he's a little bit different. So you do have private conversations with one another. There is a line of communication between the two of you. Just as there are with other mythical uh, beings, like with Easter huh. Bunny. You know, wow. it may interest you to know and your listeners to know, I am on call for Easter Bunny when it comes to him delivering his eggs. Huh. I have Rudolph in, in the reindeer barn, a sleigh at the ready. And if there's unbelievable. Any if, if, if there's any problem with transportation come that Easter Sunday or Easter morn, I can be called out and we're all too happy to go out and help. I'm just going to show him the back of this. Mark has printed out notes. I respect that so much. It's for the professional show. This is the age old debate. Whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. John's wife's name. What Holly. is his wife's name? Holly. Wow, That yeah. is very Christmassy. I'm not jumping the gun here, but your whole point is like, they're writing it to be a Christmas movie. It's intention. Yeah, they made sure, they made to, sure to include enough where, yes, this is a blow em up awesome action movie with, like you said, one of the best cerebral villains of all time. Definitely. But it's just dripping with Christmas. Yeah, you're, you're turning me. You are turning me, honestly. 
because if the intention of the writers is to be Christmassy, then I respect it. Like Batman, like I mentioned, it's there. There's a tree probably in Gotham somewhere. But they that's... give you that feel, that quick feel of Christmas. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, yeah, they didn't intend in the script to have it. Like you could, you know, that in the script they decided her name at some point, and they were like, "Well, let's make it a Christmassy thing." They wouldn't have just thought like, of Holly randomly. Holly's pretty. Like, I mean, that's up there for women's names that speak Christmas more or less. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they could have named her Mary, but that's not as slappy in the face like Holly. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Man, what do I say about that? Perfect. It's a continuation of what you want to hear from him without needing to fit into the late night format anymore. He does two episodes a week, usually one of which with a prominent guest, a celebrity of sorts, and then one of them with a fan, which is so cool. He does like 20 to 30 minute episodes with a fan each week that always has a question for him and they take applicants on the website. And it's just so cool to hear. God, I would love to be on. I got to come up with a good question for him. Maybe a would you rather that would belong. Hey, Conan. If you're listening, since I know you're a fan of music, I loved the Elvis Costello episode. It was actually unbelievable. Would you rather be a prominent touring guitarist who everybody loves, but halfway through your set, every single night, the masturbating bear comes on stage and steals the show from you? Or would you rather be the masturbating bear that comes onto the stage during this rock god's performance and steals the show from him? Tough call. Matter of perspective. Let's talk it out on the pod. Hmm. Would you rather be an interior designer or a film director? All right. I mean, interior designer sounds like a really cool job. I'm sure everyone has it and loves it, and you're great, and I love you. But if you choose an interior designer over film director, what are we doing here? Is the writer of this book a former interior designer pumping up all their friends? I got a lot of questions for the person that wrote this Would You Rather book, which, by the way, is Lindsay Daly at LindsayDaly10 on Twitter. We're going to have to send her this. And by the way, she lives with her dog, Teddy, in New Jersey. So we're going to have to reach out to Lindsay Daily 10 see if she's willing to do the podcast. We can do Would You Rathers together. And on the ad breaks, we can pitch an idea for a movie that she will direct about an interior designer. How about that? And Teddy can get producer credit. Now we're rolling. Lindsay, with a Y, stood in front of her bay window looking out into her New Jersey backyard. Her student's social studies homework would have to wait. Natural at gymnastics. And God, how I loved springing up airborne, getting the most joy out of my few allotted minutes. Ready to do all my tricks. Seat drops, back drops, and my showstopper, the front flip. I jumped as high as I could, pulled a funny face, and flung my legs out at a strange angle, and all the kids started laughing. Egged on by their amusement, the entertainer in me came out. I jumped higher and higher, making loud-pitched ooh, 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 monkey noises. <laughs> Wait, that didn't sound like a monkey. Ooh, 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 ooh. There we go. <laughs> and itching my armpits. The kids were in absolute red-faced hysterics, happily pointing at me. I was hilarious. A huge hit. Confident that I would no longer be the new kid, but now my burgeoning popularity a certainty. I prepared for my flip, the grand finale. I focused and jumped hard, but as I looked down to make sure my feet were squared, I saw it. My little cock hanging out of my open zipper, <laughs> flopping up and down and doing its own crazy little gymnastics routine. Oops. All these things synergize pretty well for you from my perspective, because you want to have control over your own thing which helps you do anything that's personal without having to get clearance from anybody else or for any reason. You have these stories that you tell that allow you to connect to people more often. Even the Spotify thing is like kind of begging people to realize on a personal level what comics are going through. It feels like the whole vibe is kind of just synergizing at the right time. Does it feel that way to you? In some ways, yeah. I feel 
you know, there's a part of me that wishes 10 years ago, like, especially with my old hour being almost 10 years old and people being like, this is amazing. I was like, I knew it was amazing. I can do (laughs) it. Like it almost bothers me a little bit, but then I think because I didn't know it was amazing because I didn't think people connected to it, it pushed me to get better. Would you rather be a marker or be a pencil? I mean, my, I have an answer already. Give it. I'd rather be a marker because a pencil has a lifespan. I mean, you get oh, wow. sharpened and then there's only so many times you can get sharpened. I don't sharpened. think you're right. I don't think you're right. Here's why. You ever, uh, you ever seen a marker dry out? It's not good. I'd rather be a short pencil than a dry marker. But at some point, that short pencil ends up on the floor, swept up by the school custodian, you know what? That's thrown just, uh, in the trash. What's so for all the kids, here's another lesson. That's just the life cycle of the world. You know what I mean? You can't live forever. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. I guess. You get a nice markers, long life. Markers create like beautiful, colorful, you know, artwork. What colored so pencils? I, well, you didn't say a colored pencil. You just I'm just trying pencil. to think outside the box. <laughs> so instead of listening to me spout on forever this week, and you know, laughing a ton, obviously, I want you to use that time to make a donation to a charity There's no excuse. I know you were about to listen. You already hit the play button and I'm going to give you all the information. There's nothing you got to do. You can pick your own charity. What do I care? Give whatever you want. A dollar, ten dollars, ten thousand, two million. I don't care. But I think if I could get everyone who normally listens to this podcast to do this, this one day, it's kind of a cool thing. And I looked them up. I did some research. I did everything for you. In fact, there's a website called Charity Navigator where you can plug in charities and see like how reputable they are and what the money goes towards and whether they're wasting money or whether they're legit. It's really cool. And my choices were childhood cancer charities, and I found the Mount Rushmore of them. Four really good ones. Take your pick. All researched, all reputable. You ready? First one is St. Jude's Research Hospital. We've all heard of it. You go to stjude.org, S-T-J-U-D-E dot O-R-G. There's a donate now button in the top right. Couldn't be easier. The second one was the highest rated charity on Charity Navigator. It's the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Apparently they do unbelievable work. The website is nationalpcf.org, N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L-P-C-F dot O-R-G. Again, big red donate button on the top right. Third one, bring some livelihood to the table. Ronald McDonald House Charities. We all love nuggets. RMHC.org. A big red donate button in the top right. And the fourth one is called Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. I had never heard of it before, but Alex Scott was diagnosed with childhood cancer before her first birthday. At age four, she decided to set up a front yard lemonade stand to raise money for cancer research. On that first day in her front yard, Alex and her brother raised $2,000. She continued her efforts each year. Going to try not to cry at this part. Sadly, Alex passed away in 2004 at the age of eight, and her powerful message and strength still continue today with Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. And since her first lemonade stand, the foundation has raised more than $200 million that has helped to fund cutting-edge research projects and helps to support families of children receiving treatment. It's good stuff. Congressman Lipschitz's office. Hello? Yeah, they didn't put Darth Maul in the new Star Wars show. What, what, what can you give me about that? What, uh, what, what can we do? Sir, sir, yeah. I'm, I'm just a secretary I want to talk to the Congressman Lipschitz. Yeah, okay. What the f- doing? Put well, me on to... the phone with him. All right, This is important on. that I'm dealing with please right hold, here. Please hold, no, sir. No, sir, uh, wait, all right, come on. All right, well, gender norms are, you know, they're difficult these days. I can't tell anymore. Please hold. 
This is Congressman Lipschitz. Yeah. So uh, I was telling your secretary out there. I don't know if it was a man or a woman. I forgot. Uh, we but... don't say that anymore. <laughs> Carry on. They didn't put Darth Maul in the new Obi-Wan show. I mean, how many calls am I going to get about the Darth Maul thing? Linda! Linda, don't yeah, put these Linda on this because this is fucking bullshit. Jesus. All right, I want, I want some results. You know, between right, you and what I, what do I vote for you for? I, I can't say this in public, but I'm more of a Savage press guy. Get the. F I can't tell if I think it's awesome when a person goes up to a piano at a party or something and just starts playing it, or if I just liked the movie Rocket Man when Elton John just kicks the piano stool back and everything just goes slow-mo for a second, I feel like that might be real life. If I learn to play the piano, I'm kicking the stool, and if I go into slow motion, I'm gonna tell you about it on the podcast. And all of that is worth taking the piano lessons to see if it happens. It might. You don't know. Imagine there's a secret pact among all piano players, like, don't tell anybody about the slow-mo thing. It's why we do it. It's why we put in the work. You gotta tickle the ivories. I don't know. I, I was going nowhere with that. I just wanted to say tickle the ivories. What a great phrase. Are the Black Keys Ebony's? No, of course not. The Black Keys are Dan Auerbach and Patrick Carney. Rock solid band. I would not be able to get that MVP numbered card if it wasn't for the hobby shop. Right. Because I wouldn't be able to pull that. I had no idea that that was a thing. I mean, you can still pull numbered variations out of retail. Don't get me wrong. You right. still can. But there's so many more retail shops that the likelihood of pulling one out of a hundred cards that were printed is insane. Target's getting five cases every week. And they're moving. And they're moving. They're moving before they even get on the shelves. So this is a cool thing that I really am in live action, since I didn't know this before, appreciating about these card companies is that they are giving legitimate real-life value to mom-and-pop shops that the big market Walmart's targets of the world can never achieve. And that is cool as fuck because they don't have to do that. But they realize that A, it's in their own benefit to do it yep. because it props up the market in general. And B, you can be selfish and customer serving at the same time. <laughs> and this is a super important question and everyone at home has an opinion and I'm sure it's backed by fact. Who's your personal favorite Mario Kart character to use? A Wario. Really? It's not even it's not even remotely close so fat. either. Yeah. Get out of my way. Just uh, he's like a big body in the paint. Wow. Okay. Just bully his way in there. And I, he's and he's still pretty fast for for where it's Yeah, at. yeah, that's true. It's a nice little I'm with slot. you. That's a good one. And it's yeah. a troll pick, which is fun. Oh, it's great. He has the great voice lines. Yeah. I'm not gonna win. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's twirling the mustache. Yeah, twirling the mustache after I he get hits all you that. with the shell. That's legit. Always taunting. It's great. I have a fat boy, too. I'm a DK guy. Oh, that's a big boy. Are you a, a DK guy in tennis also? I was going to ask the same thing to you. I'm a DK guy across the board wow. from the first cart to golf to ten tennis especially. He's got all the power. He's, I mean, his serve is like 105. Oh, like my stupid. God. Although Diddy <laughs> is good in that, too. Yeah. As much as I would like to play like super fast and all these notes, you know, I found great peace in just, you know, just walking the line. You know what Yeah, I mean? dude. Just walking the line up, down, diagonal. Like, I, I really just, I love it. Because to me, sometimes I'm like, I don't, well, a lot of times, like, I don't really have that much skill, so I'm not going to do too much anyway. <laughs> Dude, if you if you say that, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Come on, man. I, 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 like to, I like to think that, you know, I, I play very conservative and simple as much, but, you know, just walking the, the, the line up, you know, uh, something, or just playing it up an octave for a little bit, like, you're playing the same thing up an octave is... Yeah. Does more of the trick than playing a bunch of notes that no one's really going to understand. 
all the stuff that I hate on. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's literally just hits me internally, and I'm like, fuck. So what this. you're saying is Jungle Cruise should be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, absolutely. Uh, costume design. We should do a worst movie of the year. Oh, we should do one of those. We should do a podcast. Yeah. That's, we already do summer blockbusters. We do Oscar. How quickly do like would, Razzies yeah, or whatever they how, have? That. Yeah, they have the Razzies. How quickly would everyone hate on the Academy Awards if they just made worst movie of the year Imagine and like everyone's there in like suits and shit? <laughs> And up for worst movie of the year is Jungle. They play the music immediately when yeah. someone gets on stage. Yeah, they get get, off. they're like you're not even allowed to say anything. Yeah. They just give you like a piece of trash <laughs> ma- modeled in the form of an Academy Award. It's just a, a picture of Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cat- costume design. Uh, we're we're gonna we're, get through these. We're like, giving the we Academy are. gold here. <laughs> I did love it. I just had those nitpicks yeah, with minor it. grips. It, it's grips. grips. Towards. <laughs> Minor We're shutting grips. down. It's uh, Meyer grips. <laughs> That's the new one. Who's the grip? The grip is the guy that runs the camera. I think he puts the tape down. It tells you where you stand when they want to do like a marker. No way. That's all the grip does. I don't. know. That's the whole job. Maybe possibly. It's like having a different job for cops. Who does the chalk? Yeah. Yeah. Get <laughs> Johnson down here. I need a chalk outline. But Johnson's like a six-year-old because they like to play. Yeah, the chalk. Just, that'd be a good movie. There, that's yeah, that's a movie right there. <laughs> okay. I'd watch that. His partner is a six-year-old. Who it's does actually chalk just outlines. a six-year-old's movie. It's like a coming-of-age movie, but he has a job and he gets called up and he's like, "We need the chalk." He's like, "Yellow or blue?" <laughs> he walks up, chalks it. Very serious scene in the film. Very dark, like the Batman. It's raining. There's a body bag. He just does the chalk and then he just goes. It goes back to just coming-of-age movie. movie. He's just yeah. six again. This I'd, would be good. I would watch that movie. <laughs> All right, good pitch. And then he was in the movie Splash, which was good. Yes, with the mermaid. Right. And then soon after that, he did big. big. Yeah. Then Turner and Hooch, The Burbs. I don't really love that as much. Some people like that. It's actually a cult classic kind of. Radio Flyer, he had a role in. Who knew? <laughs> League of Their Own, 92. And then it's off to the races. Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13. I had that on my list too. Toy Story, That Thing You Do. Unbelievable movie. One of my favorite, like truly favorite movies out there. The Green Mile, Castaway, Road to Perdition, Catch Me If You Can. Oh yeah, I have Catch Me If You Can under Leo's list, but yeah. Tom the Hanks Terminal there. is also a really good movie. Highly, highly recommend it. Uh, like Angels and Demons, you said that. Yes, I enjoyed those movies. And the historical sort of pieces, like right. I enjoy that. Bridge of Spies, really good. Him and Mark Rylance. And then uh, The Post. All the Toy Stories, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. He played fucking Mr. Rogers. I know. They always had the one in Broadway Mall. Not always. When we were kids, it was not there. For a while, though. That was um, that was at McDonald's. Oh, that's where it went into? You're right. That was yeah. McDonald's for a the, long time. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Everyone, there's no one listening. And anymore. a McDonald's closed. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. I think it's more because the mall sucks. The mall does suck, but I go there a lot. Really? I go for a the- A lot? I try and go every Saturday. They have an... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm not even joking, but I'll tell you why, and you're going to laugh. Uh, I go sit in the massage chairs for about an hour. <laughs> I was going to cut this whole part out, and now i got to leave in the whole thing about the mall just to get into here. Yeah, yeah. Mas- <laughs> yeah. I mean... I love the massage me, chairs there. I go there. Talk about I a sit there right in front of K Jewelers, and I just stare <laughs> at people. Are they free? No. Wild Thornberries, though, is a powerhouse. Tim Curry is a really famous actor. Right. Remember, I think I texted you once. I was watching something. I think you made me watch something, and I was like, isn't that Nigel Thornberry? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, He's great in everything. His voice is so recognizable. So perfect. He was in that Clue movie, right? Yes. Yeah. 
I remember watching that with Unbelievable my cousin, and I was that. like, it's Nigel Thornberry. It, isn't it wild how they were able to land some such like a real cast? This was like an all-star cast. It's the highest budget show in this Who else field. is in the cast? Do you know who was Donnie? He's one of oh, my favorite people ever. Um, he's a drummer, right? No. Close. It's Flea from the Red oh, Hot yeah, Chili Flea. Peppers. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah. I just love that fact. I tell that fact to anyone I can find. I, we basically did this so that I could tell the podcast. Yeah. Hey, Flea was Donnie Thornberry. I did a trivia night at Barrier Brewery once, and that was a question. Really? I still couldn't get it. Oh. Damn. So I, and I close. knew it. As soon as you started yeah. going, I knew what you were saying. <laughs> this is a, a larger commentary on the bagel game. Do you think that toppings have gone too far? I do. Yeah. I've thought that way for 20 years. Wow. Ahead of the curve. Mom? Yeah, definitely. You well, prefer I find myself scraping a lot of them. Off. Yeah, you do do that. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. What a waste of resources. We got to reach out to the the uh, bagel Illuminati and tell them yeah. we don't well, need all this. The people, people want more and more. It's the greed, the gluttony. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get political now, but <laughs> this is the clip. We found the clip. <laughs> we got to put American music behind this. We got to put a flag behind you, get some video, and let's do the speech. Americans are using too many condiments on their bagels. We just need a sprinkle. Zago right. 2024. <laughs> he even calls them symphonies that he's going on because he knows they twist and turned, which is a much cooler word than rant, but I can't pull it off, obviously. And again, sometimes these symphonies do lead to something amazing which to me is worth it. At one point, at the end of like a 10-minute nonstop verbal loop-de-loop, -loop, by the way, I spent like a good full minute trying to figure out how to spell loop-de-loop. -loop. Is it one word? Is it three words? Is it hyphenated? Is it D-E? Is it D-I? I think L-O-O-P space D-E space L-O-O-P is a natural way to land. And then I googled it, and there's a Wikipedia for loop the loop? Is it the? Because if so, my mind is shattered right now. I barely can get back to the point I was just trying to make, but I'm going to give it an attempt. Who plays Magic? I don't know the guy's name, but he's unbelievable. Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yes, that's it. That's, yep. that's what I thought. Yeah, second sports role. Actually, third. Cool Runnings? He wasn't in Cool Runnings. Who Cuba Gooding Jr.? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, that's Snow Dogs. Oh, Snow Dogs? <laughs> Close. <laughs> Close. Does that count as a sports one? Okay, that's four then. Let's Including Winning Time, which radio? is Magic Johnson, apparently. Radio, I did count that. I didn't think he would get that. Okay. Ra but he's not really an athlete in radio, but he works for a football team. Radio. You're missing Snow the, dogs. You're missing the ultra obvious one. Uh, the dogs one? Nope. That's Snow that. Dogs. <laughs> I'm thinking of this the, the song. What was the song? Who Let the Dogs Out? Yes, that's from that's Snow Dogs. That's the Baja Men. Oh, that's the Baja Men. It has nothing to do with Cuba Gooding Jr., does it? I don't think any of this has to do with Cuba Gooding Jr., but... There's Radio, one... that's the one you didn't think I'd get? Yeah, but I can't believe you're not getting the obvious one. The football? Yeah, plays for the Cardinals. He's pa a receiver. Pat Tillman? No, that's a real person. <laughs> no, Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, there is this one TikTok, and it's a, uh, it's a, I mean, so old. Like a template for TikTok? What okay. the hell do you call that? You know, where they put like the Setup. quote or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you can call it a template. I, I would call I it a template. Yeah. yeah. 3,000 years old. But the quote He's is... He's got a nice vocabulary. Have you ever heard a crackhead say they don't have enough money for crack? No, they go out and get it. Do the same with your dreams. It's like an inspirational... Okay. Thing. And I'm like... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, first of all, I don't How know if How many crackheads do you know? <laughs> that, so much of that. Also, why are we taking the lessons from the crackheads? It shouldn't... 
go in that direction. Also, crackheads are literally They're very determined people, though. Crackheads are literally always saying that they don't have enough crack. It's not even factually accurate, dude. <laughs> hate to bring this up, but everything goes back to the Beatles for me. You hate to bring up the Beatles? Okay. <laughs> no. The first lie of the podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine if there were no Beatle albums? Yeah, absolutely. You can imagine that? You can oh, imagine, yeah, because like, you're a weird case. I mean, yeah. you're a normal case for your generation, yeah. but people that are listening to the Beatles now that are younger than me don't know the difference between Please Please Me and Meet the Beatles. Like, they don't... Right. That difference doesn't matter. It's just about the songs that they know. Yeah. So I think more people are actually listening to, like, Beatles playlists of the most popular songs. Yeah, like actually, the number one album, which their biggest exactly. album ever. Right. Which is a collection of stuff. It's just an anthology of their popular stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely see a world where those Beatles albums didn't exist. They mean a lot to me and yeah. you because we're into the story of it all. Yeah. And, like, where they were at when they filmed the movie and did the albums based right. on it and whatever. But I think that becomes less and less relevant as we move along. Mm. There's the difference of, like, that's why I consider radio to playlists. I would rather listen to a station than make a playlist. Because I like not to know what's coming. Do you think that's because you grew up listening to radio? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I still listen to radio. Well, also, playlists are still that way. I turn on a playlist and I don't know what's on. I don't read through the whole playlist before I turn it on. You mean a channel? Like, yeah. more than a play. I'm talking of a playlist that people like make. They, people make playlists. But even if people make the playlist, I click yeah. on it because it's called yeah. uh, Best Underground Beatles Songs or whatever. Right. And yeah. I don't read through the whole thing. I just turn yeah. it on and start listening to it. Right. So but I think that's how people But a lot of people that. make their own playlists that's and different. only listen to that. Yeah, those people are weird. That doesn't make that, sense Although, I will acknowledge, there's more people like that than there are us, I think. Yeah. Or at least an equal amount. Yeah, this, these are the songs I like and this is what I'm listening to and that's it. I don't want to hear nothing else. Yeah, I can't figure that out. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. I always like to listen to new things. Same. I'm just getting out of Top Gun Maverick. It was incredible. I'm not going to spoil it right now. I'll break whatever this is into two parts, and I'll tell you when the spoilers are coming. So we'll talk about a bunch of stuff before we get to that. Everyone free to listen, and then when I give you the warning signal, fire those flares. If that doesn't work, eject out of there before you get spoiled, because you got to go see this movie. It was really, really good. During a lot of the scenes, including the flying scenes and the climax of the whole entire film, not a soundtrack or a score until it was actually necessary. They had so much confidence in what they were shooting, and that makes a big difference, too. Just knowing that you got the shot and people will respond to this the way that you think they will, it never felt like they were gambling. It felt like when they had this shot, and it's because they're using practical effects, right? They're actually doing the things. They're watching this happen in real life to a certain extent. They're making sure it's authentic. Tom Cruise is a nut about a lot of things, but especially that, making sure everything looks and feels authentic when doing stunts. So it felt like the direction knew that it didn't need to be built up with ancillary things, with effects, which I'm sure there were plenty, with the perfect song at the right moment. There was just light Hans Zimmer score when it needed to be there, but a lot of those scenes was just straight dialogue and engine revving. Practical sounds, and yet I was glued to the screen, and I'm a huge music guy. Mm. When we meet our character in the 70s, it's a heat wave. Right. It's hot. 
it's hot as shit. So every time we meet up with him, everybody's sweating. It's tinged in orange. It's just a hot color scene. Yeah, really easy. Um, And then when we in our '90s scene, when we meet finally the girl who is come out of her coma and can't remember any shit that's what's going on, it's a blizzard. It's snowing all the time. So she's just cold, and she has no. Yeah, it's very clear. And then it kind of mixes in with where she is in her life. Like she doesn't know what's going on. She's just muddied. Everything is just cold to her. So it's just snowing all the time. And then in the distant future where it's like everything is so unknown and this kid is like struggling and he's just got this whirlwind of emotion inside of him it's raining constantly so i play with weather to affect their emotions that kind of play off of who they are as characters that took me 11 years to figure out Welcome back to the link. That's how it feels to be in my head. There's a constant baseline running through my head. Am I the only person? There's a great Star Wars quote. Couldn't resist putting a comedy bit and a Star Wars quote in this episode, even though it's not funny at all. By Ahsoka Tano, great Jedi. Padawan becomes Jedi. It's everyone's duty to challenge their leaders, to keep them honest, and to hold them accountable if they're not. I'm not seeing a lot of honesty. I'm seeing a lot of rah-rah, we got it right, and you guys are wrong, and we won. And the inconsistency is a lack of honesty to me, and I want those questions answered. So please reach out. I'd be happy to hear them. And if I'm wrong, we can work through that. But we got to start somewhere. And it feels like a really down period right now because it is one. But we got to find a way to dig out of this thing. And I can't imagine we're going to do it if we keep building this fence between us. So reach out to a person that has a different opinion than you and try to talk through it. Or message me if you have the other opinion or the supporting opinion. And we can talk about it. I'm happy to do it. On the air, off the air, I don't care. Comb your hair. For the first time, I can say that Darth is now my favorite TV Vader. Previously, of course, it was Frankie Stacchino's dad. If you don't know who that is, we just didn't have the same childhood, and you don't relate to my nostalgia enough, but I'll give you a hint. It's time! It's time! It's Vader! A nice little wrestling throwback. Episode 34 with Johnny Silver. It all makes sense. I still have a crush on Topanga. Hit the music. <laughs> Another really important question that I had, and it's relevant right now. If you asked me to turn the air conditioner down, do you want it to be warmer mm, I was just going to ask colder? you, what do you mean by that? Um, turn the air conditioning down. It's been a raging you want debate it warmer in, in here. You want it warmer. That is not what most people said, but I can see both sides, of course. Turning something down means you're lowering its power. I am with you. Yeah. But a lot of people said that means you're turning down the temperature. If you say turn the lights down, what does that mean? Different, because there's no other way to turn the lights down. Turning something down historically always means making it use less power. I think that's fair. Turn down the music, that makes it lower. Definitely. Does that help the argument? (laughs) I don't even know. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But air conditioning is weird. The way I broke it down was if you have a digital thermometer where it shows the temperature, then turning it down is probably making it colder. Kai Patterson, editor, filmmaker, who took Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus series, and turned it from a four and a half hour series into a two and a half hour movie. I've had a couple people who have worked on the show reach out to me, and that was weird because I was like a little like, "That's cool." Oh, are you gonna hate me? But a lot of people are like, "No, like I, I really liked your edit too, even though I worked on the show. Like I think that it worked really well." And I'm sure there are probably a lot of other people who worked on the show that don't appreciate that I did this, but I hope that they know that it was 
only out of love. And I really want, like, I'm not telling people just watch my edit because you know, it's so much better. And that's all you need. Like if you, I I think if you watch the show and then you watch my movie, you'll probably appreciate my movie more and the show more. The kingdom is really falling off. (laughs) I I don't even know if the king lives there anymore. Maybe not. And he's got no homies. Ronald McDonald has all the homies. We've gone over this in one of the episodes with Chad. There's a lot of cool McDonald's people. Grimace, Hamburglar. They even have, you know, they have a prison, I guess. Because the (laughs) Hamburglar has to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Mayor McCheese. They have. What? Who did you just say? Mayor McCheese. I've never heard of that. What? Can you Google it immediately? Oh my God. I thought there were only three. Are you serious right now? Birdie the early bird? Who? <laughs> what? Did I just not have a child? I have a figurine right here that oh Chad God. bought me from a previous episode for the people that listen to all the episodes, like good people you are. Yeah, Birdie the early bird. She represents the breakfast foods. What? I can't believe you don't know Mayor McCheese. Did we have entirely different childhoods? I've never seen that before in my life. Mayor McCheese. Oh my. He got elected. <laughs> by the people because they knew what he represents. 76 episodes of The Link Podcast. I am also Hugh Jackman in this play and cut. Welcome back to The Link Podcast, episode 76. If you couldn't figure that out, I'm your host, Mike Zago. I do like Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, the greatest showman. So I wanted to go see him on Broadway. He did star in The Music Man. I don't know anything about The Music Man, but it came to mind when episode 76 rolled around, so you gotta do what you gotta do. Can't show Wolverine claws on an audio-only podcast, so this is the only Hugh Jackman joke I got. I could probably think of more. Went to see Aladdin instead. Good stuff. Genie is amazing. Also, in what world do you actually need 76 trombones? You're telling me you got to the 75th trombone and said, it's not enough. It's just not enough. What else is cool about 76? 1776. Fun fact about 1776, which you may not know... It was a leap year. Didn't think I was going to say that, did you? Teaching you things. The post has since been removed, but I screenshotted it and I'll read it to you. Quote, another heartbreaker. Just found this out. Once again, capital letters, this pathetic capital letters, 94-year-old producer and his moronic, useless, vulture children, Charles and David, are once again picking clean the bones of another wonderful character I created without even telling me. I apologize to the fans. I never wanted Rocky characters to be exploited by these parasites. By the way, I have nothing but respect for my true friend, Dolph Lundgren. Even when Rocky, sly, but Rocky, is eviscerating people for perfectly good reasons, he's still cool enough to let his buddy know he's not mad at him. God, he's the king. Italian stallion, Italian stallion. I tell you what, I'm on his side. The pathetic 94-year-old he's referencing is... Actually, 91 years old, which is hilarious. Nice little dig. Tiny little dig, but he barbed him. He got him. He jabbed him. How about Mayor McCheese casting? Show me a picture exactly. I know what he looks like, but I just want... I need to get, like, a better grasp. I want want you to dig deep. I don't know. I need a a picture. One picture. All right, all right. And you know I'm not too big into movies, so I don't know a lot of actors. I know, like, Machete and, like, Tobey Maguire. That's, like, it. Out of those two? Danny Trejo or Tobey Maguire? Let, Let me see. Gotta be a Danny Trejo guy. It's... Yeah. Yeah. That's Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. That makes sense. Alcalde... McKeso. McKeso. Yeah. Okay. Well, we figured that out. Who I was going to go with... Um, let's see if I know this person. Let's do Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. know her. Yeah. That's a girl, though. Yeah. Don't be... You know. It's just cheese. It's just cheese. Hello? 
need some help? All right, Aaron Paul, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, I could use some help introducing this episode. It's kind of hard, because two shows... Speak into the mic, bitch! Uh, yeah, I thought I was. Our sound's usually pretty clear. Also, it sounded like you got younger there? Yes, science! I mean, I'm no scientist, but I, I just don't think that's how science works. Doesn't matter. It's done. It's done. I mean, we had a whole bit going. We were going to introduce Westworld and Better Call Saul because we wanted to do the episode together. We talked about this. We negotiated your fee. We're only like 10% through the bit. I got a full script here. You said you were down. Don't let me down, man. You keep saying that, and it's bullshit every time. Always. You know what? I'm done. Okay? You just give me my money, and you and I were done. I mean, all right, man. I, I wish this went better, but honestly, it might be good content, so we're going to use it. Uh, you take Venmo? The worst I've ever worked was working during Minions. Really? Oh, my God. Those fucking gentle Minions kids can suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely suck a I dick. I mean, we found the pod clip They'll, for this yeah. one. <laughs> They were kind of like some of them were fine. Like you get a bunch of them that are just a bunch of doofy kids that want to dress up in suits and just come and watch the movie. Cool, do whatever you want. For That's sure. fine. But it's those motherfuckers that are coming in with like bananas and shit. And every time like <laughs> they see a minion on the screen, just go fucking nuts, start throwing bananas all over the theater. No so like, I got a theater full of little kids with like adult parents in there, and then you're just throwing do. bananas around. Like you're just like asking for trouble. Like hilarious. At what point do you think they cancel kids for throwing bananas around in case there's like a yeah. black actor on the screen? Oh my god. <laughs> Cancel the kids. Very quick, yeah. That's yeah, right. the next move. Cancel those kids. Cancel them. I think it's fascinating that we had the pandemic and Marvel went through the pandemic like any other studio did. And we got Far From Home in July of 2019. And then we didn't get WandaVision until, what, the beginning of 2021, I think yeah. it was. We had like 700 and something days in between yeah. that. And WandaVision was a moment. It was an era because we had not had content right and so i think it's interesting that marvel decided to try to overcompensate for the lack of content yeah. during the pandemic and during the the closures to say hey we know you missed marvel here's a ton of stuff and it's like well we did miss marvel but like i think we missed the original marvel i think we missed like having time to to ponder having time could you imagine if we got infinity war and then the week after that we got a tv show that interconnected to infinity yeah, war it would be bad it would be bad It'd be very, very bad because then yeah. you don't have time to sit with the reality of what you just watched. What's the tit count like in this new House of Dragon uh, ratio compared to Game of Thrones? Much lower so far. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah, significantly they're, lower. They're kind of known but, for that in Thrones. But they have gone aggressive in other ways. I'll say that. I don't want to spoil. Bums? Winkies? <laughs> it could, could be. Could be both. <laughs> You're going to have to watch, my man. Okay. All right. I'm here for the Bum Bums. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Bum Bums and Winkies. Get 50% <laughs> off Bum Bums and Winkies with promo code the link. That's T-H-E-L-I-N-K. No. Are we leaving it ambiguous what kind of product Bum Bums and Winkies is? The people know. It's funny because they used to do like direct to VHS sequels of a lot of things. There was like Aladdin 2 and Aladdin mm -hmm. 3. Did you watch those? And... Uh, I think I probably did as a kid. I don't remember them. Aladdin 3, Robin Williams was in, I think. I don't think I watched them. I know one of them, Aladdin's dad, came back. Really? Yeah. Big. It was big. I wish I knew anything else about the movie, though, because <laughs> I can't remember it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have like a Peter Pan, too. They have a Little Mermaid, too. For sure. Like, they all exist. Yeah. And I think they're on Disney+, Plus too. And so this is probably just their version of that. Like, they were always doing this. 
putting out the B-level stuff that is just there to be extra filler content. It's just that back then it seemed less aggressive or maybe we just were too young to like see any commercials for it. You've probably heard me make fun of Roger Goodell because I think the NFL is a bad league. I really do enjoy the sport of football, but the NFL constantly drops the ball in things that I think they can do to build long-term goodwill with the fan base and create additional generations of fans. They could do an entire marketing campaign on how they were taking some of this new money from the TV deal. Hell, they could pitch this to the Amazons or Disneys of the world or whoever wins that TV contract bidding war or streaming contract bidding war, it's going to be the same thing, and say, hey, this contract is going to be worth $500 million more than we originally thought. But we are going to pitch to our fans, who love us, by the way, and who were running commercials about how nice they are and welcoming they are and how amazing it can be when two sports fans from different elks... Elks? Ilks? Is it like the animal? Whatever. When they come together, and it isn't cutthroat, it's just about the love of the sport... They can pitch this to their partner and say, we are going to use this money to create new policies around domestic violence, to give additional health care benefits to the players after their careers, to offset these concussion issues that are happening, to go to additional R&D. Kenny Loggins, I liked a lot. I followed his career from the beginning with yeah. Loggins and Messina through okay. his solo stuff. I like Caddyshack. I'm all right. You're right. Dancing. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> wow, people don't really think of that. If you say Kenny Loggins, they're going right Kenny to Kenny Loggins was the king of movie soundtracks in that, that strong play. He did like four different movie soundtracks and all had hits with them. Footloose. You don't Ooh. fear anything. Footloose oh, was Kenny did, Loggins as yeah, well. Yeah, he's going to have to win. He's the soundtrack king. Playing with the boys in Top Gun 2 is Kenny Loggins. But never a popular solo artist. See, I wonder if the movie took the song where it needed to. He did find a way into all these good movies. How does that work? Because they just, wanted him. I guess. Because he was that good. Interesting. Did he write the song for the movie? Yeah. Or was his song out before the uh, movie? I think he wrote all the songs See, for the movies. Yeah, maybe he needed inspiration. That's a wrap. 85 clips. Hopefully you heard one that made you go, I should go listen to that episode. And you should. You're right. Your instincts are great. A couple of recommendations before we get out. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon Prime has been amazing. So has House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff. We are going to do a combined episode covering and comparing those. That's coming up in a couple weeks. But you really want to get fantastical? I've been watching some of this while I had COVID. Running Wild with Bear Grylls. The guy is awesome. He used to be on Man vs. Wild. Now he takes celebrities out into the rainforest and they get dropped off by a helicopter and they just have to survive. And he does all this crazy stuff and he knows so many things. It's so interesting. Nature is good. Last thing to post at the link underscore podcast to prove that you listened all the way through all the clips, through all the outros, the secret code word posted in the comments of the episode. And it's going to be uh, hullabaloo. Why not? Do I even need to expand it? Hullabaloo would be a good cartoon movie character that you actually think is two characters, Hull and Baloo. And most of the movie, you're just seeing them and assuming they're roommates. And then you start to realize eventually that they're the same and just two versions of the same character. And now I just created Cartoon Fight Club. And I also spoiled Fight Club for everyone who hasn't seen it, but it was like 25 years ago. So get your shit together. Although there is a lot of TV and movies out there and it is really hard to keep up with. So I understand and I apologize. What a hullabaloo we just went through. We'll see you next week. Thank you.